0: Welcome to the show for Street Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Also coming to you live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm your host, Nick Eber. It's great to be with you. Uh, great weekend of FA Cup action. Some surprising results. Some not surprising results. Uh, there were some giant killing acts. Um, but it's the FA Cup. That's what you get. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the results, and let's look at some of the controversies swirling around Uh, Some of the replays, we're specifically talking about Liverpool and their Shrewsbury Town replay at Anfield. Let's talk about what's happening with that. Let's also take a look at the transfer market and take a brief peek ahead at some of the Premier League games and matchups we have coming up this week. And, of course, as always, I'm here with you every day, Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific, on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. By the way, also streaming live on iHeartRadio. Tune in the award-winning SiriusXM app. And the podcast is immediately is up immediately after the show at the Believe Podcast Network. So if you miss any of it, you can check it out there. Uh, lots of stories, lots of interesting stories as well. And, of course, uh, the ramifications and rumblings from last week in the Premier League, because, of course, we had all those last-week midweek games, continue to rumble, including... Lots of discussion about Mauricio Pochettino and his availability of going to Manchester United, what he would have to pay, what they would have to pay to Spurs. There's a whole bunch of issues to talk about, so let's get to it. And Of course, as I said, we're going to take a look at the matchups. And don't forget, we have a Wednesday match this week. At L- London Stadium, Liverpool, traveling to play West Ham United. Uh, let's talk about that match. Those are the topics on the table. I'd love to hear from you. Find me on Twitter at Nick and N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash fifth street sports talk. I'm available anytime. We talk all the time. Football all the time. Never ends. By the way, on a personal note, how sad I was to hear of the passing of Kobe Bryant and his daughter and all those people on that helicopter uh, on their way to that uh, basketball tournament. A a real tragedy. Uh, Kobe, one of the true greats, one of the true sporting greats. uh, I'm going to relay a story about uh, when I met him. Uh, I've only met him a couple of times. One of them uh, involves soccer, so I'll bring that story up when we come back after the break on Fist Street (laughs) Soccer. I'm going to keep it with you, little ex-Los Angeles there, as we talk very briefly about the tragic loss of Kobe Bryant and his daughter and a couple of other families on this uh, helicopter as they were traveling to a basketball tournament, uh, the helicopter crashing in the hills in Calabasas, killing everybody on board. R- really tragic, sad uh, on so many levels. Of course, look, people die every day. People are killed in car accidents, people are killed in combat, people die of disease, and it's all sad. Uh, What makes this extra sad is that, of course, Kobe's daughter was with him, Uh, these other families were with him, Uh, and, of course, we've lost a basketball great, and and a nice guy, I have to admit. I met him on an occasion uh, many, many years ago when uh, Arsenal won the treble. You may remember this uh probably the double they had the premier league and the fa cup we brought these trophies over to the u.s for a um for a trophy tour and we took them up and down the west coast uh, up and down california to a whole bunch of pubs and of course all the punters came out uh, by the way back then the premier league was was popular but not as popular uh, as it is today And at the time, my radio partner and I were doing also the show for the L.A. Galaxy. We were doing the L.A. Galaxy radio show as well. And um, so we were, you know, very talking on a regular basis to the folks of the Galaxy and AEG who own the Galaxy. AEG also owns the Staples Center and a portion of the Lakers. So when they had heard that we were bringing the Premier League and the FA Cup trophy here, uh, they asked. Uh, there had been a request had been made by some of the Lakers, Kobe Bryant in particular, that they wanted to see the trophies. Of course, Kobe knew all about the FA Cup and the Premier League trophy because he was uh, raised in Italy, big football fan. So we did. We took him over to the Staples Center with uh, with some of the guys that came from Arsenal because they were obviously accompanying us because you know these trophies were theirs, and uh, got a chance to meet Kobe and show him the uh, show him the trophies. No great story. Nice guy. Very affable, pleasant, Uh, but uh, there you have it. Very sorry to hear about what happened, and um, as I said, we've lost a sporting great. So that's my little Kobe story, for what it's worth, but um, certainly wouldn't wish that on, on anybody. All right, well, let's get to the football, shall we, and look back at some of the FA Cup results that happened over the weekend, and really, actually... There were FA, FA Cup matches pretty much through most of the week last week as well. Uh, some of the uh, fourth round matches, some of the um, uh, non Premier League teams had matches, and then of course, also uh, there was a match on uh, today on Monday. Uh, Arsenal just edging Bournemouth to go through to the uh, to the next round. So let's start with the matches, shall we? On Saturday, uh, Leicester beat Brentford. We pretty much predicted that. Uh, Norwich beat Burnley. I don't think we predicted that. That was at Turf Moor. Uh, Birmingham Coventry was a nil-nil, so there'll be a replay. Uh, Millwall, Sheffield United. uh, Sheffield United going to the Den and beating Millwall. And I actually thought that might be a bit of an upset. Uh, I don't remember what my prediction was exactly on that, but... It was close. Newcastle United, Oxford United, there's a Forster replay there, which was a big surprise at uh, St. James's Park. And by the way, we're going to talk about the situation at Newcastle United as well, so don't go anywhere. Uh, Barnsley lost to Portsmouth. Uh, Cardiff, uh, Reading was 1-1. Southampton, Tottenham, which was the sort of most anticipated game, I think, of the FA Cup draws. This was the, the grudge match. This was uh, Mourinho going to St. Mary's. You know, where the reverse fixture was, uh, you know, so unpleasant and Mourinho got carded and he called one of the other coaches an effing idiot, you know, this whole thing. But really the game was something of a dud, actually. And so we'll have a replay. (laughs) Okay, so uh, West Brom went to West Ham and lost 1-0. Chelsea beat Hull City 2-1. And um, Sunday's results, Man United absolutely thumped. Tranmere Rovers 6-0, so they did beat one of the teams from Merseyside, there you go, in case you didn't know it, Tran- Tranmere, uh, the other team in Liverpool that you never heard of, or if you don't think about football you heard them. but if you're just coming to the game, you might not know about it, uh, Fulham went to the Etihad and lost 4-0, no surprises there. And Liverpool went to Shrewsbury Town and gave up a two-goal lead and uh, got a replay of 2-2. So, that really is the big story after everything is all said and done. Now, I don't know that it should have been as big of a story as it has become. And I'll tell you why. First of all, going away to Shrewsbury Town in the FA Cup uh, in late January is, you know, not... A particularly easy thing to do. Um, by the way, I want to just give kudos to Shrewsbury Town. I, I thought their pitch looked absolutely superb. Sometimes when you go away to League One teams or League Two teams and these FA Cup or League Cup matches, you know, you're playing in a mud bog with, you know, tufts and brown patches. This looked just beautiful. And a great atmosphere for the for the fans. So that's not an excuse for Liverpool Not winning this game except Jurgen Klopp really played a combination of sort of substitute players players just coming back from injury and a whole bunch of young players and I think you saw that let's let's not call it the Liverpool B team let's call it the Liverpool B minus team I mean, he didn't put Firmino on until very late. He didn't put uh, Salah on until very late. And Salah had a whole bunch of chances once he came on, but never really did anything with him. But I think what you're seeing is that, clearly, the Liverpool squad, and, and this is this is really important for the discussion we're going to have here in the next segment, but the Liverpool squad has reached a critical point of cohesion in its fusion. And I know it sounds sec- technical and scientific, and believe you me, I did really crappily at those topics when I was in school. I'm never my thing. But what I mean by that is the A team at Liverpool has bonded and melded and believes in itself, and it is an unbreakable object. And I think when you take a whole bunch of young kids and throw in some returning players from injury, it's just not a team that can beat a League One team. I mean, we saw this in the League Cup where he played the under-23s, and they put up a good performance for the first half and then just got absolutely smashed in the second half. But it's a function of priority. With an important match against West Ham on Wednesday which is a makeup game if i'm not mistaken for was it the world club cup or i forget yeah it might have been a makeup game for the world club cup liverpool had a choice that you can't play your a squad on a sunday roll out your a team again on a wednesday roll them out again on when is the next game after wednesday let's have a look uh roll them out again on saturday so they're playing sunday, wednesday and saturday that's right sunday they played uh some uh pardon me uh sunday they played shrewsbury wednesday they play west ham and saturday they play southampton So you can't play, even though at the end of that Saturday game, the next game that they're going to be playing is not going to be until the 24th. So they're going to get a two- two to three-week break. And that's what they're talking about, the winter break here. What you have to remember is after this break, once we get into February, the Champions League starts up again, and this is the knockout stages of the Champions League. All right, got to go to break. I'll be right back after this. All right, Welcome back. Uh, sorry about that last uh, segment. I lost track of time, and uh, all of a sudden i am got people waving at me and yelling and screaming and, frothing at the mouth, telling me I've got about two seconds before we have to go to a hard break. So apologize for that. But we're t- we talk- before the break, we were talking about Liverpool's schedule. And so Jurgen Klopp has had to make some very difficult decisions, and I'll just recap what that was. By the way, welcome back, Fifth Street Soccer. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Geber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Fifth Street Sports Talk. And I'm here with you live 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports, every day of the week. Every weekday, I suppose, because not every day of the week, because I'm not here on Saturdays and I'm not here on Sundays. I, unlike the Premier League, actually get a day off every now and then. Although, I must admit, on Sundays, I host uh, picks and parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, so I don't get Sundays off either. So really, I get one day off a week. Maybe I need to ask for more money. Hmm, have to think about that. All right. Anyway, so we were talking about the fixture congestion. So because Liverpool got this 2-2 draw away at Shrewsbury Town, they are now in a position where they have to play a replay match on February the 4th. Now keep in mind, as I said, they played on Sunday against Shrewsbury. They're going to play on Wednesday in London at the London Stadium. They've got a turnaround three days later in the Premier League as well. By the way, the London Stadium match, obviously Premier League match. They've got to turn around and come back to Anfield. Three days later, they're going to host Southampton. And then... they wanted them to have a replay on Tuesday at Anfield against Shrewsbury Town. So, Jürgen... And after Saturday, the 1st of February, the players are supposed to be off. Look the premier league mandated that premier league clubs provide a winter break for their players i think they said 10 days or 2 weeks or you know something like that and what the premier league have done by the way very clever i really think it's an excellent idea is they've sort of staggered it okay so that we actually have premier league matches all the way through the month of february Uh, the 1st of February, the 2nd of February, the 8th of February, that's six days, the 9th, the 14th, that's five days difference, the 15th, the 16th, the 17th, the 22nd, and so on and so forth. There's no sort of two-week period where there aren't Premier League games because what they've done is they've actually staggered the teams themselves. So they've said, well, Liverpool, you're not going to play a game between February the 1st and when their next game is, and I'll tell you when that was, I think I'd mentioned it. I believe I believe it was the 24th was the next game, and I'm just going to verify that with you right now. I'm going to look it up here because the Internet is a wonderful thing. Um, pardon me, not the 24th. That's West Ham. No, so they the, they have a break between February the 1st and their visit to Carroll Road on the 15th of February. So, right, so the players get a lovely two-week break, which, believe you me, after the December schedule that they've had, after this, the, the League Cup, after the FA Cup, these players need a break, especially as they're getting ready to go into the Champions League knockout stages. So the FA, uh, the uh, the Premier League, has designed this sort of staggered break so that even though the league will continue unabated, a any particular team will take a two-week break period in sometime in the month of February to early March uh, by scheduling. So if that makes sense to you, I, I believe a bye, bye week is what it would be called uh, in uh, the NFL, right? And it's a, it's a good thing, and it's a new thing. And the players need time to rest, and the players need time to recuperate, spend a little bit of time with their family, keep in mind. They don't get to spend the holidays with their family or go on holiday or any of that sort of stuff. And I know you're thinking they get 200,000 pounds a week. Why should I care? I'm crying and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, their mental health is important to the success of the team. And by the way, all Premier League teams are in the same boat. Maybe not Maybe not all of them have have, have had as tough of a fixture congestion as Liverpool have this year because, of course, the World Club Cup. But they all play a highly condensed period of games. So the Premier League made the teams agree to this, and then all of a sudden the FA is scheduling FA Cup replays during the break period. Now, I, I'm sorry. It it just it doesn't make sense. And, and if you want to put your finger on some of the problems we have, with English football, it is the fact that the Premier League and the Football League and the FA are not in alignment with their tournaments, and they need to be. So as a result, you're getting a lot of pushback. You're getting things like uh, when the World Club Cup came, Jurgen Klopp played the under-23. He didn't even manage the team because he was in Qatar with the World Club Cup. You would have thought that the Football League would have said, you know what, we're going to postpone this game or we're going to give them a week off, or what have you. No. So they played the under-23s. They lost 6-0 or 4-0 or whatever the score was. I don't remember. But, And so now Jurgen Klopp is in a position where his players are off. They are on a pre-approved, pre-authorized, pre-ordained holiday. And they have an FA Cup match in that middle. Now you're going to say to yourself, "Okay, fine, Nick, I get it." But then why didn't they play to win against Shrewsbury? Well, first of all, they did play to win against Shrewsbury. But he didn't play the A squad because he has a match on Wednesday against West Ham United in the Premier League. I promise you, if they hadn't had a Wednesday match in the Premier League against West Ham United at the London Stadium, Jurgen Klopp would have played the full starting lineup in the FA Cup, and they would have beaten Shrewsbury Town a thousand nil, because you can see how Liverpool concede goals when um, Virgil Van Dijk's not there. It happens. They need him. No one's to blame for this. And yeah, the team could have done better against Shrewsbury. Absolutely, and yeah, they had some good players. They had Lovren, who oh, I mean, I go down the list. They they had some good players, and they had um, Minamino played. And although I have to say, didn't impress me at all. But really, these entities—the Premier League, the Football League, the FA—they need to get their proverbial poo poo together. Because this is just not right. In some ways, you're penalizing on a local basis those teams that have success, big success in Europe and otherwise, and I don't think that that's fair. Now, look, Shrewsbury Town got a well-deserved replay at Anfield, and Anfield, unlike most other stadiums, will be full for this FA Cup replay, even though Jurgen Klopp has stated unequivocally that he will play the under-23 side and he will not be on the sidelines to manage them. But the Anfield faithful will fill that stadium up, and you can bet that the Shrewsbury away supporters will come, and it'll be a wonderful time for Shrewsbury. They'll make a lot of money off this, which they need, and they may very well win this game and move on to the next round. So, listen, credit to Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury. Kudos to Shrewsbury. They get their payday. It's all good. That's what it's about. Good football. The fans will come out, though, to support the under-23s. But that's what they are playing. Now, the FA have said how disappointed they are in Klopp and this, that, and the other. What do they expect? And at some point, these domestic cups are going to start to become less and less and less important. Not because they're not important, but because as the big clubs that are the prime drivers in top flight English football, and we can argue about whether that should be or shouldn't be till time immemorial, but it is, the big clubs' focus is on those big tournaments. It's on Europe. It's on the Premier League. on the champions league and if they expand the champions league like they're talking about it's going to put even more pressure on the cut the domestic cup tournaments Uh, look the fa cup it's rare i'll just put it this way it's rare that the fa cup is treated in such a manner by a, a a team it's very very rare that a team will turn around to the FA Cup and say I'm playing my under 23s this later on or uh, that, that doesn't happen at all it happens a lot more in the league cup where you get sort of training rosters coming up but this is showing how far down the pecking order these domestic cups are becoming there's just not that much money in a to to win them yes the fans love them because they're silverware but would you rather win the FA Cup would you rather win the Premier League would you rather w- win the FA Cup or would you rather beat Arsenal's un defeated season there's their are invincible season those are the questions all right we'll bring this topic up and let's talk about some managerial merry-go-round and of course uh, the transfer market uh, when i come back on fifth Street soccer on the sports violin broadcast network and sirius xm 211 i'm nick eber i will be right back after this don't go anywhere in the meantime find me on twitter at nick eber n-i-c-k-g-e-b-e-r i would love to hear from you i'll speak to you there and i will be back in just a moment This Street Soccer is brought to you by MyBookie. If you enjoy football and have a heartbeat, then you know what's coming. That's right, it's the Super Bowl. And what if you want to make a bet on it? Head over to MyBookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. Whether you're choosing the winner or making a side bet with a friend, MyBookie offers you the most up-to-date odds and a site that makes extra cash easy and fast. You can even visit mybookie.ag forward slash party to access a printable prop sheet for the big game. And if football's not your jam, don't worry. MyBookie's got it all, from the NBA to the NHL to the Premier League and more. And if you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV, that's BLV as in believe to activate this offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie. Play, win, get paid. All right, welcome back to the show for Street Soccer. Nick Eber with you. Uh, we were talking about this fixture congestion in the Premier League, and of course, the meaning of the cup competitions. And uh, you know, I'd mentioned when we started talking about the FA Cup how, when I was growing up, and I was in my room, and I had this Sabutio collection. If you don't know what that is, that's table football, not not foosball. Had one of those too, but it's it's a mat, and it's little little uh, soccer players on a plastic base, and you flick them, and it's a collectible, and been around for I don't know eons since I was a child so back in the dark ages but you know for me when i set my sabutio up in my room with the stadium around it and the pitch and the ambulance and the fans and it was it was incredible what you could get for sabutio the match i always played was the fa cup final it was never the premier league or the league one the, the the first division final because there wasn't one obviously but it was always the FA Cup final. This was it. The FA Cup was it. And I would play uh, Arsenal. P- pardon me. I would play Queens Park Rangers because that's my my sister's team. The the, the hoops there, beautiful Sabuti. and Liverpool, of course. And they'd always play like Arsenal against Arsenal. They'd play or they'd play against uh, Chelsea or, uh, you know, whoever. It was great fun, but in my child mind. It was the FA Cup. Look, if, if you were a kid and you played baseball and you went out, you know, with your friends to play in the in the yard or in the park, you know, you were imagining you were playing in the World Series, right? Game seven of the World Series comes up at the bat. You know, that's what you're thinking in your head, right? Well, that's just like that when you're playing Saputio or you're playing football with your friends out in the, the yard. It, you, it's the FA Cup final. That's that's where you are. And that's what the FA Cup has in the hearts of many people. But certainly in my heart, it's a lot less It takes up a lot less of a position in my heart than it used to. To the point that now in the fourth round replay of the FA Cup, my team are playing an under-23 squad with the under-23 manager at the sidelines because the first team squad and the first team manager are on a vacation that they have negotiated in advance with the Premier League. And you know what? I don't really care. Would I rather win the Premier League than the FA Cup? Of course. Would I rather win the Champions League than the FA Cup? Of course. Would I rather win the Europa League or the FA Cup? I'd rather win the Europa League. The World Club Cup or the FA Cup? Well, you'd rather win the World Club Cup. Only then do you want to win the FA Cup. So I- in the pecking order, you would say it would be the Premier League top. Unless, of course, you're Manchester City, in which case the pre- the uh, Champions League is top. So I would say the Premier League, the Champions League, you know, interchangeable, whether they're one or two for you, depending on where your club is right now. Look, if Liverpool won the Premier League and not the Champions League, this they'll be thrilled. If they win the Champions League and not the Premier League this year... They'll be happy, but not quite as thrilled, because after you know thirty years they're ready to win to win the title again the domestic domestic league title but the point i'm doing a point I'm getting to with this is that at at the end of the day, I think the value of the f a cup and the value of the league cup, certainly the value of the league cup is seriously diminished at this point, but the value of the f a cup is following suit, and i don't think that's a good thing because I think the f a cup provides a really great outlet and opportunity for teams that are in the championship or league one or you know the teams in the premier league that may never really get to a top four position to find their way to the champions league by the way i wonder how many people i wonder if you said to leicester city do you want to win the fa cup or do you want to go to the champions league next year what those fans would say and that's a great example. Or oh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. How about FA Cup or Champions League? I think that's I think that's a tough ask. And certainly if you turn to Manchester United right now and say, Would you rather win the FA Cup or win nothing at all? They're going to say FA Cup. Let's turn our attention to Man United right now because obviously. The Red Devils in some serious, serious trouble. Uh, 2-0 loss at home to Burnley. Shocking. They lost 2-0 away to Liverpool. Not so shocking. They did beat Norwich. Okay. But then they lost to Arsenal. And Arsenal are a rubbish team. We've established that. And before then was the Turf Moor victory where they went to Burnley's house and beat them. And then Burnley went to their house and beat them back. Look, the problems at United are systemic, and they don't necessarily reside in or and or with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. We've talked about this. I mention this a lot. But I think this next match on Saturday at home against a very game and a very, very good Wolverhampton Wanderers side— is going to be absolutely critical to the future of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And and I don't think that Man United can handle a Dama Triori. That's just You know, that's just my take. This guy is one of the best players in the Premier League. He's big and he's strong and he's fast. Uh, Jao Martino, also. I mean, I think he's incredible. And don't forget Raul Jimenez, who is a true revelation. One of the very, very few number nines, true number nines right now in the game. And when you combine Jimenez and Traore, you got 15 goals between them in 24 appearances. The speed, the pace, the power, the finishing, the midfield ability um, of Moutinho. I think it's going to cause Manchester United all sorts of problems. Plus, they've got a pretty good, decent goalkeeper in Rui Patricio, by the way. Uh, Wolves do. And, and I think if Man United lose this game at Molyneux, pardon me, at Old Trafford to Wolves, I don't think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will survive it. Doesn't mean I think he should get sacked. I don't. Because I don't think he's the problem, but I think with Mauricio Pochettino unemployed in the wings, I believe it's ten million is the buyout. I I think I think if they lose this game, they got to get rid of only got Solskjaer, By the way, so there you go. So expect that to be a game of message important right now. Ole is ten for eleven. On the next manager to be sacked. So there you go. Specifically, he is—he's eight, to, eight to eleven. Wow! I mean, look at that. He's far, far the favourite to get the sack. Eddie Howe next at Bournemouth. Dean Smith at Villa. Bournemouth have had a little bit of a uh, a rebirth here the last couple of da- days. Daniel Farke at Norwich, but he's not going anywhere. I mean, really, I can't see any of these other managers going, except for Steve Bruce. And let's talk about that while we still have a few minutes. It is being reported that the Saudi Sovereign Fund is about to buy Newcastle United. Now, we've heard these stories on and off before. It's an American buyer. It's a Middle Eastern buyer. It's so-and-so. But now we find out it's the Saudi Arabian Sovereign Wealth Fund that is about to buy Newcastle United. Look out, world. If that happens there will be another high-flying, big-money team in the Premier League that can compete with the likes of a Manchester City or a Chelsea or a Liverpool. And that bodes very poorly for teams like Arsenal. I won't say Man United because through their leverage plans, the Glazers have managed to always come up with lots of money. But I don't think that bodes well for Tottenham Hotspur. I don't think that bodes well for Leicester City. Although their ownerships very, very well healed and have been making certainly a, a, a lot of investments. But the team that that affects more than any other team in the entire league is Arsenal. If Newcastle United truly are sold to the sovereign wealth fund of Saudi Arabia, they will be a top four contender because they will make whatever investment they need to make in order to get to the Champions League and win the Arsene Wenger Trophy, which, as you know, is a top-four finish every year. Right now, Liverpool aren't about to be displaced. Manchester City aren't about to be displaced. But underneath one and two, that's where the turmoil lies in the Premier League. Yeah, Leicester City having a great run, don't get me wrong, great club, love him, love Brendan Rodgers, great job, all the rest of that stuff. The ownership of that club, fantastic, but how long are they willing to keep plowing and putting money into the club? If they're willing, then fine, you can put them for a top three. But Chelsea, Abramovich, what is going on there? Man United, Tottenham. I mean, no one ever doubted Abramovich and his desire to spend money. No one ever did. But his desire to keep spending money is the thing that's been in question. We're going to see how much money they're going to spend next summer, and that will give us a good indicator. I would suggest if Newcastle United are sold to the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund, we're going to see what the metal of these big money owners is. We're going to see about Daniel Levy. We're going to see about the unpronounceable Thai family that owns Leicester City. Lovely family, by the way. Uh, we're going to see about Sheikh Mansour at City. And we're going to see about John Henry and Liverpool's owners. Fascinating stuff. We're going to talk about it more. All right. I have to go to break. You can find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. By the way, love Newcastle United. Great club. Great fan support. I think they deserve this. Their fans deserve this. But it's sad for me to hear that they're going to try to bring Rafa back and sack Steve Bruce, because I think Steve Bruce has done a terrific job. All right, I'll be back after the break. In the meantime, don't forget to check us out after the show on the Believe Network, B-L-E-A-V. And um, you'll find all our podcasts there. So download us and sweat with the oldies. That would be the oldie. All right, I'll be right back after this. soccer that's Iggy and the Stooges of course no fun I like to think of myself as a lot of fun at times my kids probably wouldn't tell you that but oh well hope you enjoyed the show look lots to talk about and don't forget we do have this big Wednesday matchup between Liverpool and West Ham United will Liverpool make it 24 in a row 24 unbeaten in the Premier League this year keep in mind They went 38 games with only one loss. So it's already 60, I don't know, 70, (laughs) let's see, 30 and 20, 50, I don't know, 56 games with one loss in the Premier League. It's pretty pretty incredible. Uh, So far, they've only dropped points to Man United. Are they going to drop points to West Ham United? Uh, You know, West Ham United are a team that is in a major slump right now. Uh, Talk about underachieving. They're right in the relegation zone. In fact, they're tied on points with Bournemouth. And in terms of uh, their results, they've lost the last. uh, They haven't won in four. They lost to uh, Leicester 4 1. Uh, They lost to uh, Drew Everton 1 1. Uh, They lost to Sheffield 1 0. In fact, the last match they won was a 4 0 thumping of a lackluster Bournemouth side. Uh, And they're still pretty lackluster, although they did just get a big win over Brighton Hove Albion. Uh, Before then, the last match, they beat beaten Southampton. Uh, They did beat Chelsea, and, of course, they did have that early run early in the season uh, under Pellegrini, but, you know, he'd be gone now. Uh, West Ham United are a mess. Uh, I don't see him beating Liverpool. All right, uh, that's just about going to wrap up the show for me today. I'll be back with you tomorrow, uh, same time, same place, same channel. By the way. Uh, I forgot to welcome our men and women in uniform listening on American Forces to the show. Uh, sorry about that, but I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope you'll tune in tomorrow. In the meantime, find me Twitter, at McEbritt, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash Fifth Street Sports Talk. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Have a great night. Man, way to the motorway station. Up on the side?